Hey, awesomes. Just a quick update for all of you. So back in episode 210, Serving sort of awesome family style, my husband Kyle and I announced that we were doing something big and new together, that we were opening a shop to sell the handmade rosaries that he's been working on for over a year. We've had more than a few of you ask for a follow-up. Did we ever do it? And the answer is yes, we did. This month, October 2019, we opened our shop at miklausdesign.com and we would love for the awesomes to go check it out. It would be super helpful if you want to favorite our store or maybe hit that favorite button on a few of the designs that you like. And most especially, pass our store along to the rosary loving friends in your life. So again, just an update. Our store is open at Design. That's N-I-K-O-L-A-U-S design.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Now onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Well, this is episode 216 of Sorta Awesome. And you know that we on the Sorta Awesome team are so thankful for all of the ways that you guys support the show. Last week, I reminded you to just leave us a little rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And thank you to all of you who did that. I have to say for real, though, the best way to support Sorta Awesome still to this day, it's just sharing the show with your podcast loving friends. And honestly, even if your friends aren't into podcasts, we kind of think Sorta Awesome is the perfect starter podcast to listen to. So What I'm going to do to help remind you and actually to remind myself too, to share the show with people is I'm going to start including a sharing guide in the show notes each week to give you a little nudge of a reminder of who in your life needs to hear each episode of Sorta Awesome. And we're going to start doing that with this very episode today. So you can find that in the show notes. And as a reminder, you can always find our show notes in the episode description in your podcast app. Or you can find show notes for any episode we've ever done, ever in the history of Sort of Awesome at SortaAwesomeShow.com slash show notes. Okay, this is episode 216. I'm joined today by my dear friend, longtime Sort of Awesome co-host, the creator of SimplyRebecca.com, Rebecca Hoffer. Rebecca, hello, and how are you? Hi, I am happy to be here. I'm so happy that you are here. I think this is going to be a really fun kind of reflective and possibly, you know, just very interesting look back on ourselves, our lives and some very sort of awesome related things because the episode idea for this episode actually came from an awesome. A few weeks ago, an awesome named Angie emailed us to say, hey, you know, what would be fun is if you guys would go back and talk about the awesomes of the week that you've talked about on the show that just aren't that awesome for you anymore. Now, Angie was specifically thinking about, Rebecca, how much you loved Periscope. Remember (laughs) Periscope? (laughs) Yeah. How much you loved the app Periscope that was like a live streaming app way back in the day in 2015 when the show first started. And now it's not a thing anymore at all, is it? I don't know. I deleted it from my phone, but 
Actually, I just want to make it known that you were the one that initially <laughs> shared Periscope and you I were did. the one who was like, this is so cool. And I was like, this seems problematic. And then <laughs> I got hooked and you bailed. It took yes. me a while, but eventually I bailed also. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. See, there's so much in our history that I can't even remember. It's been so long and we've talked about so many things, but it's true. We both were into it. And then it just kind of went away as other things kind of took its place. So, right. Yeah. Anyway, we decided to take Angie's idea and really run with it. So hello, Angie. And thank you for your help producing the show this week. We're going to do just that. We're going to go back and revisit past awesomes of the week that just aren't that awesome anymore for a variety of reasons. And then we're also going to talk about some bigger real life parts of life where the awesome has worn off and kind of explore the idea of what are you supposed to do when the awesome does wear off of something. So we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week, which who knows, maybe someday we'll look back and go, is it awesome? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can say right away that my awesome of the week is about something very, very much not awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm going with the trend here. Okay. We're talking about pimples. Oh, okay. Yeah. Meg, <laughs> I'm 37. Yes. Why do I still get pimples? Like, am I just going to have pimples until I die? Like, is Ew. that the way this is going to go? Until I die? Or until I've... menopause? Like, for real, uh, when are they going to go away? I don't have an answer for that. I do still have breakouts every now and again, too. I do have to say, <laughs> okay, so Rebecca, when you and I did, the Awesome's Guide to Surviving the Sickness Season. We heard that from Awesome's who were like, oh, just talking about it makes me feel nauseated. Oh, no. it's, you know, listen, it's the word pimple. I don't okay. know. Like, it's acne. Ooh. Is that better? <laughs> it's a little better. Yes. Okay. Blemishes. Oh, there. Okay. There you go. That's okay. <laughs> you can say pimple. Just note that I'm like cringing so hard I'll over stop. here. But you go, you go with it. Okay. So my awesome of the week is a Zit Fighter Essential Oils Blend. And that's what it's called. So I did not make up that name. So if you don't like the word Zit, I'm sorry. But it's a Zit Fighter Synergy. So here's the thing. Like I said, I'm 37. I still get some breakouts. They almost exclusively happen on my chin. And I have seen like acne face charts that kind of show... If you're getting acne in your chin, that's usually hormonal related. And that makes sense because like once a month, break out on my chin. The forehead tends to be a stress related acne. I don't know if this stuff is true or not, but it kind of seems to make sense. So I don't deal with a lot of problematic zits, but I do have those hormonal breakouts. I have tried a... Benzoyl peroxide acne medication cream, just like generic spot treatment. I got one from CVS like a long time ago. And I would put this on and I didn't really notice any difference. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to notice a difference, but I didn't. And then when I saw Plant Therapy had this roll on for this Zip Fighter oil, I was like, well, I like a lot of their other stuff. I'm just going to try it. So I've tried it and I do notice now it is not a miracle ointment like you're not going to put it on and it's immediately going to disappear but I truly feel like the life of my acne is shorter when I use interesting. this interesting it has in it 
geranium bourbon, pink grapefruit, cedarwood, odara. I don't know what I'm saying. Peppermint, <laughs> rosemary, chamomile, roman essential oils, and it's diluted in coconut oil. So I am assuming that other essential oil companies, brands have something similar or you could whip something up yourself. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me. But I have been trying this Zitfighter Synergy Roll-On from Plant Therapy, and I feel like it makes a difference. And if anything else, it gives me a little peace of mind that I'm actually proactively trying to do something about the annoyance on my chin. Yes, yes. Okay. That's good to know. I think that all of us have those flare-ups every now and again. I'm like you. Mine happens on my chin if it's going to happen. Definitely hormonal related. So that's a good thing to have on hand that, you know, use it when you need it kind of thing. So yeah, we will have a link in the show notes for that blemish healer. There you go. (laughs) Anything that keeps you away from the Dr. Pimple Popper YouTube channel? Oh, don't know. Nope. No. You know... Of course, me with this huge aversion to even the word pimple, of course, I have a child, my sixth grader, who loves to watch stuff like that. I'm just like, why? I just could crawl out of my skin just thinking about it. It's really horrific. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. Okay. Well, we are going in a totally different direction for my awesome of the week. My awesome of the week this week is a brand new book that was just released by my very Dear friend and sometimes sort of awesome guest, Sarah Bessie. The name of her newest book is Miracles and Other Reasonable Things. Full disclosure, you guys, I'm a total Sarah Bessie fangirl. She has been a dear friend of mine for almost a decade. And so truly, there was no chance that I was going to be able to give you an objective review of this book. I love everything (laughs) that Sarah Bessie writes. I loved her first two books, Jesus Feminist and Out of Sorts. This particular book, Miracles and Other Reasonable Things is very dear to my heart for a couple of reasons. First of all, being that because of our friendship, I have gotten to see more than her other books. I've gotten to see behind the scenes some of the process as this book was coming together. I feel like, and Sarah's probably going to think I'm such a weirdo for saying this, but I feel like a spiritual doula to this book. I have been praying for it and for Sarah. As she has written it, I've been cheerleading it through the whole process. This book, before it was ever even published, just has such a special place in my heart. And I am so excited that now it's out in the world. It's been born. It's out in the world for everybody to be able to read it. So the context for this book is that back in early 2017, Sarah was in a really terrible car crash. She was driving 70 miles an hour on the highway and someone did an illegal U-turn in front of her and she T-boned that vehicle. Oh my goodness. And so that's where this book starts. Literally the first paragraphs just takes you right into that moment in her life. So that's where it starts. And then the rest of the book unfolds as Sarah kind of walks us through what happened after that, both physically emotionally, and certainly spiritually. So the subtitle of this book is A Story of Unlearning and Relearning God. And it really is exactly that. Sarah invites us as readers to go on this journey with her as she encounters physical pain, physical healing, lack of healing, chronic illness, and like this sort of bigger thing of the deconstruction of your faith 
and what it looks like when your faith kind of comes back together, but in different ways. Some things I love about the book, Sarah writes nonfiction like the best of novelists out there craft their fiction. That's how she writes nonfiction. It doesn't feel like you're reading a nonfiction book. Her prose is gorgeous. Well, if you write in books, I know that this is a divisive topic. If you're a book writer, if you're a highlighter, if you star things in the margin, if you turn the corners of pages down, which I will admit, I confess to being a chronic page corner turner downer. Oh, the scandal. I know, right? (laughs) It's highly offensive to some people, but I do it. I can't stop myself. But yes, it's one of those that it's just so beautiful. You're going to mark it up if you're a bookmarker. And I'm not just saying that because a certain podcast that you all might know and listen to is mentioned via a footnote in the book. Truly, her writing is so gorgeous. And you guys, Sarah is an Enneagram 9 like me and her nineness shows through so big and so beautifully in this book. Everything from her, like trying to reassure herself and everyone around her that she's totally fine after the car wreck. She was not fine. How she like recognizes and acknowledges in her writing that every reader is going to come to her story and her experience of deconstructing faith and it coming back together with their own stories. And she just makes room for everybody to listen and share together. This book is seriously awesome. Rebecca, I think that you will love it because you have been on Sort of Awesome. We did an episode where you were talking about your own faith journey and how you went through a time of a deconstruction and some darkness and then what it looks like on the other side. In fact, I am going to send you my copy of this book so that you can read it too. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely am. I'm going to put it in the mail to you because I think Sarah's story will resonate with you so big. And This is the kind of book, I mean, maybe it's just me because I adore Sarah Bessie, but I'm constantly putting Sarah's books into people's hands. It's literally that kind of book that you're going to want to pass on. So again, the book is Miracles and Other Reasonable Things by Sarah Bessie. It's out now wherever you buy books. So that's my awesome of the week. Oh, well, thank you, Meg. I cannot wait to read it. As you were describing it, I was like, hmm, this sounds familiar. I think it would be a good read for me. So thank you so much. You are welcome. Okay, so you guys, those were our awesomes of the week. Of course, we love to hear what's awesome in your life every single week. So on Fridays over on Instagram, first thing in the morning, we start the weekend off right with your awesomes of the week over at Sorta Awesome Show. And as always, you know that in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group, we are opening up the floor for what's good in your life. If you haven't joined us, please come over there and join us. 5,000 of the most incredible women that you will ever know in the virtual realm that we live in now are gathered over there at the Sort of Awesome Hangout. You can find us at facebook.com slash group slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. Okay, now you all know that on Sort of Awesome, we're usually trying to explore and discover the little awesome things that make life so much better. So today we're kind of like looking at the flip side of that coin, I guess, Rebecca, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're saying the things that were once awesome don't always stay awesome for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Rebecca, we both of us looked back. Now, you guys, listen, I've had an awesome of the week every single episode for four years. So It boggles my mind. Every time it's my episode, I'm like, huh, what am I going to talk about? And then I'm like, Meg does this all the time, every <laughs> single week. I mean, it's a good thing that one of my strengths is discovering us. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> They'll put 
that on no, YouTube. But listen, truly. Okay. So our producer, Sarah, keeps a running spreadsheet with all of the awesomes of the week that have ever been mentioned on the show. Oh, and praise. Thank goodness she does. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. So I did. I went back and looked through that and there were plenty that, I mean, some of them just frankly were like, that's not even a thing anymore, like Periscope. Some of them have definitely stood the test of time. I had a lot to choose from, but we each decided we'd pick three things from our past awesomes of the week and kind of talk about like the awesome has worn off a little bit. Rebecca, what was first on your list? First for me is from episode 102, and that was Party of Five. I had started binging it on Netflix. I had not really watched it in real time. And so I was excited to give it a try. I really appreciated the nostalgia of it, the simple things of people not having cell phones and you needing to like leave notes for people about phone messages and things like that. I just really, really was enjoying that aspect of it. And I kind of kept waiting for the storyline to get better because I feel like with some of those older series, you know, the first season is kind of like a maybe a little lukewarm and then it gets better and better as it goes on. And so I was waiting for that. And then it didn't happen. I don't know how far I got. I actually, (laughs) I must not be the only one that felt this way because I logged into Netflix and searched for it because I wanted to be able to tell you exactly how far into it I got. I think I watched the first season plus a little bit, but it's not on Netflix anymore. So other people must have also, you know, lost interest. For me, I think what really turned it for me was when the character Bailey, he was the high school student. When his storyline was focused on how mad he was that his girlfriend wouldn't have sex with him. Mm. And he was just like so frustrated about that. And I think they ended up breaking up because, oh, my goodness, why wouldn't you do this? That's kind of when I was like, "Mm, this isn't really standing the test of time. Welcome to 2019. I'm not here for that. (laughs) Right. Problematic. We didn't maybe know how problematic. It's always been problematic. We just weren't aware of how problematic until we have evolved as a culture. And we're supposed to be like, oh, boo-hoo for you, Bailey. I feel so bad for you. No, no. So that's where it started to turn for me. And then I just, you know, you get wrapped up in other things that something else bright and shiny comes along and you start watching that instead. And before you know it, it's off Netflix and you can't even watch it if you want to. Okay, so I'm going to also revisit a TV show, not quite as nostalgic as Party of Five, but one that was an awesome of the week that I bailed on eventually. And that is Orange is the New Black. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this, Meg. (laughs) I cannot wait because you and I used to, I think you're the one that convinced me to give it a try. I am. And then you bailed on it before I did, I think. This is like Periscope (laughs) 2.0. I'm noticing a pattern here. Maybe it's my Enneagram 6, the loyalists. Like, I don't want to give up on things. I hold on much longer. Okay, tell me, at what point did you abandon and why? Okay, so let me just give you guys a frame of reference. This was my Awesome of the Week in episode 13 of Sorta Awesome. This was in June of 2015. And I do think that, Rebecca, I had talked you into giving it a try. And then we, like, discussed it so much on Voxer. We really enjoyed talking about it together. Well, not long after that, I bailed on it. I quit after season four of Orange is the New Black, which came out in the summer of 2016. So, like, the next year when that season dropped, I watched that, and I've never watched it since then. What happened is, (laughs) I think I've mentioned this on this show before. (laughs) 
as a highly sensitive person, I often rely on my sister, Emily, to preview things for me and tell me if I can handle them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you need somebody like that. It's good it's for you. I do. <laughs> it's good for I all of us. Do. It is good. It's good to have that person, that previewer in your life, whatever the thing is that you need a little advanced warning about. So she watched season five when it dropped in 2017. And she was like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think this would be good for you. I don't think you can handle it. And I can't remember even what some of the themes were in season five, but well, it was pretty intense. I'm suspecting that maybe it was the riot. I mean, this is a little spoilery, but there was a riot that happened. Yes. And they captured like all the guards. Yes. Is that the season? That yes. season was like really intense. Was there maybe like some like torture aspects involved? When yeah. They... Okay. So she yeah. knows that's a huge sensitivity of mine. I just, I don't know. I can't do it. And so she was like, I don't think it was a good season for you. And then I was like, well, I suppose I could try to like skip a season. Because sometimes when I know something's going to be too intense, I will like read recaps. For some reason, I can handle reading some things that are intense more than I can handle watching it. I don't know how to explain it. It's just how I am. So I thought maybe I could just read the recaps and then just pick back up. But then you know what, Rebecca, there's so much stuff in our culture to consume and to experience and all of those things that frankly, I just never went back to it. Now the show has continued to go on. Have you continued with Orange is the New Black? Okay. So after the season about the riot, Mm -hmm. then they were all moved into a different facility, a different jail. And I watched the first few episodes and it just did not keep my interest. I just had a really hard time staying engaged in the storyline and even kind of following exactly what was going on. And Mm -hmm. there was a lot of characters that weren't there because they were different places. And I bailed. I bailed. So if I should really stick with it, I need somebody to come tell me because, yeah, I bailed. I was like, I'm not into this like new jail location and the way that they're structuring the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Sometimes something's good for the long run. And then sometimes you're just like, you know, I'm going to move on with my life now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm bringing it back to an older episode also. Not quite as old as 13, but episode 49. I talked about the email plugin. Yes. Sorted. I remember that. Rebecca, I remember saying like, I need this in my life. I'm going to try it out. And then I fully never did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was so passionate about this. I was more excited about this awesome of the week than I had been in like a long time. I remember being like, I have found something the awesomes are going to go crazy for. This is amazing. This is the solution to our email inbox chaos that we all need. It basically is this additional program that you can put onto your email. I used it compatible with my Gmail account. And you would sort your email into different categories. And then you could add like follow-up reminders. So what you could do is you could take your email and you could sort it into, say, like family stuff. So maybe all of the emails from school you would put in your family category and then all of the emails or your work you could put in your work category and all the, I don't know, personal emails or whatever you could put into another category. You could design as many different categories as you wanted and have them sorted out and you could add notes to them and all these things. And it really was fantastic. And then I stopped using it. (laughs) Because what happened, well, there was two things that happened. First of all, there was a glitch with mine that it stopped working for several months. But then after they fixed it somehow, I had already kind of lost the fire. Mm, The second thing that happened was that it was just one more thing to keep up with. 
So my emails would come in every day. I'd be flooded with more emails in my inbox. And it wasn't just a matter of I would delete things and reply to things, but then other things I would need to then move into sorted and shift them and give them different labels. And I don't think it worked on my phone back then. And Mm. I don't know. Like, I truly feel like this is something that could still be awesome for somebody else. I am not so good at organization systems. I kind of am more of the, I'm just going to wing it and try my best and flounder and almost drown and then like miraculously overcome and then let it all slide again. It's kind of how I go, especially with my inbox. I let it get crazy, crazy, crazy. And then I conquer it all in a day. And then I don't touch it again for like three months. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is still something that would be helpful for somebody, particularly somebody who maybe gets work emails and personal emails and kid related emails or something like that. If you just could really benefit from filtering things and you keep up with your email fairly well already, but you could just use like a little visual organizing, I think it could really work for you. It just didn't work for me. Hmm. I feel really seen right now. I feel like when you said, (laughs) if you're somebody who keeps up with your inbox, as I'm looking at my personal email right now, do you want to just guess how many unreads are in my personal email? Oh my word. I know that you're insane. Like, well, I can't speak words. I want to, like, if you would just give me your password, I would go in and just delete everything. Because I guarantee you have things in there that are probably like eight years old. Like, you just need to, okay, I'm going to guess 26,000. Oh, gosh. 26,000? What kind of monster do you think I am? I think you're an awful email monster. Well, I am. But it's not that bad. It's 1,703. Uh, okay. It's well, not nearly as bad as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, not as I'm bad sorry. as you thought, but I'm it's sorry. still not good. No, it's still not good. This is my personal email that I unfortunately have used for lots of, you know, ordering things, newsletters, blah, blah, over the years. And I would say for every 10 emails in that email inbox, that probably one of them is an actual email that has relevant information to my life. But the rest of it's junk. And I just... You just don't delete them? Like, why not just delete it? I just get behind. I I do. Every now and again. I do have that problem where I will be like going through my email and I will have deleted a lot. And then like I'll miss a few days and then I'm scrolling through and I'm like, holy cow. What was I doing last Tuesday? Apparently letting like all these old Navy emails flood my inbox. Thank you. I have 72 unread emails. Okay. Well, I feel like a reasonable number. rubbing your nose in that a little bit. (laughs) This number on my phone gives my husband, Kyle, an absolute breakout of hives. He's like, how do you live life like this? How do you go to sleep at night when you have 1,700 unread emails in your inbox? My husband at any given time, like the most emails he ever has in his inbox, not just unread, but the most he has, period, is like three. Yeah, that's fine, too. Oh, well. <laughs> that's yours, that too? Yes. That my oh, husband, not mine. Like, no, my husband. <laughs> he like reads them and then actually either takes action or throws them away. I don't even know how this works. Yeah, how do you live your life that way? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So sorted it has lost the awesome for you is what you're for me yeah for me all right the next one for me is one that i'm so sad and so disappointed that it's not an awesome the awesome has worn off but not by my own choosing 
And that is the maxi dress from Modern Kiwi that I talked about in episode 67. This was another one that was me and you. I didn't mean to do this, but I'm picking a lot (laughs) doing shows together. Episode 67 dropped in August of 2016. And I had just picked up this maxi dress from a company called Modern Kiwi. I found it on Amazon. I loved it. I shared it with you all, the awesomes. You all loved it. Everybody's wearing this dress. What's the problem? They don't make it anymore. They discontinued it. How dare they? I don't know. It's one of my favorite dresses I ever have owned. I wore it when I traveled to Lebanon. It was fantastic for traveling in. I wore it daily. It fits so beautifully on me. And then, you know, it was not meant to last forever. Let's be honest. It was like a rayon spandex blend and... It just wasn't going to last forever, especially since I don't hand wash anything, even though they did suggest this for that dress. That didn't happen. And eventually it got like a tear in it that could not be hidden. It was not in a place that could be hidden. And so that dress was done and I went to reorder it and it said unavailable. And it has said unavailable, unavailable for years. I don't think they're bringing it back, Rebecca. Have you emailed them? No, I haven't emailed them. To I ask. think you need to do that. I think you need to say, listen. Should we start an email campaign from the Awesomes? <laughs> please, modern Kiwi, please bring back the solid V neck long sleeve wrap maxi dress <laughs> in black, please. If you're going to do it in one color, do it in black. I love it so much. I always intended to buy it you, and I never did. You have and now missed I can. the boat by several years, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> But also, yeah, it's no longer in existence. So sometimes we have awesome things in our life that are just taken from us. Uh, the cruelty yes, of this, this world. This was one of them. Okay, last thing on your list. Well, hey, that actually is an excellent segue because the next one on my list is the Royals. Oh, you guys, I have such feelings about this. Superstar Awesome's got to hear me rant and rave about this in the Overflow episodes over the summer. If you are not a superstar supporter you need to sign up because you're missing out on the inside scoop but i talked about the tv show the royals not only in episode 67 but also again in episode 129 because i loved it so much it was introduced to me as a british gossip girl type of show and it just really i just loved it it was scandalous and sexy and dramatic and just everything that I love in a show. And then as I was watching the last season, I'm like, they're like running out of time here. What's going on? (laughs) We're running out of time to wrap things up because I had heard that they actually were not renewed Mm, for another season. So I was aware that this was going to be the final season. Sorry, I should have said that at the beginning. So as I'm watching the final season, it's getting closer and closer and closer to that season's finale and we are not wrapping things up and then all of a sudden the show is over and it's all the typical cliffhangers that you expect in a season finale not in a series finale but in a season finale and that is when i went to the internet and i did some digging and realized that they had canceled the show after they had already recorded everything and had released the show. I was watching it a little late when it finally came to Amazon Prime. And so it wasn't being renewed. It wasn't being picked up anywhere else. It was just like, they just cut it off. 
and just left me bleeding <laughs> out there on the floor to not get any answers to all these questions that they left the cliffhangers it was terrible i hate it when that happens it's happened to a number of shows that i've loved through the years where yeah it's a perfectly reasonable season finale but this was no way to end a series yes i know that's very specific anger and angst and disappointment so i'm so sorry that happened to the royals yeah it was really terrible and then i felt bad that i had convinced so many awesomes to watch this show and then we were all just left there in our misery. Left bereft over the royals. Ah, bummer. Okay, the last one on my list is an example of sometimes awesome wears off, not because the thing has changed, but like you have changed. Mm-hmm. Back in, and this has to do with makeup, back in episode 122, which was in November of 2017, Kelly and I did a show called Bring the Awesome to Your Thanksgiving that might be a good one to like go back and re-listen to. I'm speaking to myself. Like I should go back and listen to this one again. Yeah. Anyway, my awesome of the week that week was a concealer by the company Tarte. It's called Tarte Shape Tape Concealer. Now, this is an incredibly popular, well-known concealer that lots and lots of women, lots and lots of makeup wearers in general wear and use. The thing about Shape Tape is it's a really, really thick, full coverage formula. And I was super loving it back in November of 2017. And I continued to use it for a while. But then, I don't know, Rebecca, it's really just been this year. I have been wanting and moving more towards like less and less coverage. I think some of it is that my skin's changing. I'm getting older. I'm 42. And the products that used to wear really wonderfully on my skin just don't sit as well anymore. And I've tried changing like, well, maybe I need a different moisturizer underneath everything or maybe, you know, like making little tweaks along the way. But ultimately, I've decided, you know what? No, I just don't want that thick of a coverage even for my concealer. So I'm finding that I am using a much lighter concealer. I have one from the company Becca that I really love that I'm using right now that I found at TJ Maxx of all places. And it's been really great. But that shape tape, I haven't used in so long because it would just be so, it almost amplified the aging aspects of my under eye area. And that's the main place that I wear concealer to where when I would put it on, instead of like covering up dark circles and making me look like I have bright eyes and I'm well rested, I just looked old. (laughs) And so I was like, you know, I think it's time to change things up a little bit. So it's still a fantastic product and tons of people love it and swear by it. The product hasn't changed, but I have changed. My skin has changed. And so I don't even buy it anymore. Plus, it's really expensive. So if you're going to spend that much money on concealer, it should be for something that you like feel fantastic wearing, I think. Huh. That's so interesting to me because I've never tried that product, but I did just recently try It Cosmetics Mm. Bye Bye Under Eye. And I wonder if it's the same type of thing because... It's this little tube and you squeeze some out. And the first time I did it, it was a little yes. bit goes so far. I was like, oh, wow, this is too much. And so I actually showed my husband on Sunday. I was like, hey, look, I'm trying this new concealer. Look at how much I need to squeeze out. Mm-hmm. And it is like the tiniest little bit. Like as soon as there's a little bit sticking out, that's like all I use for both eyes. And I wonder if maybe that's actually what my problem is, is that it's just yeah. way too much coverage. I'm used with something less. And so that's why I'm using... I mean, it's not even the pin of a head. That, wait, wait, wait. Or the head of a pin. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I was like, that's not right. But how do I fix it? 
(laughs) (laughs) Anyway, maybe that's my problem. It makes sense. It really does. Okay, so those were some awesomes of the week that we wanted to revisit. Let's talk about some like bigger real life things that were not necessarily, well, they weren't awesomes of the week, but they were like real life situations that we had going on or maybe we're still experiencing that the awesome has just kind of worn off. Give me a couple of examples from your life. Okay, well, one example for me would be natural living. And what I mean by that is striving to use more natural based products, being conscious of the chemicals that are in things, you know, like organic items, homemade cleaners, things like that. So when I first started down my journey of being more natural minded in my purchasing stuff, there was a bit of a thrill to it. This idea of conquering some of these areas of my life and making better choices and feeling so satisfied when I would make a swap for something more natural or something that I felt better about. And just like how good that felt to have found an adequate replacement. And I changed a lot, you know, there's still a lot of things that I'm using today that I maybe I started on this journey more intensely, probably about 10 years ago. But then for me, I would say that the awesome started to wear off when the comparison game Mm, came into play for me. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar. It felt like a competition. Mm -hmm. And like nobody else was living this competition. It was a competition in my head. Like nobody's holding up a clipboard and like checking things off and saying, okay, is your mattress organic? Is your toothpaste natural? What did you feed your kids today? Were those grapes organic? Like nobody was doing that. But I was kind of doing it in my head. I would see other people, other people in real life, other people on the internet, mostly on the internet. Yep, yep, yep. The internet. I would see people on the internet and there was this one person in particular, this YouTube channel. She was very, very green. She was also very thin, very pretty, had a beautiful house. And, you know, she was prettier than me. She was thinner than me. She had more money than me. She was greener than me. And I just lost it. Every time I would watch her videos, I was like, I can't stand her. (laughs) And eventually... I unsubscribed. I don't know if she's still on YouTube. She produced amazing content, but I just couldn't handle it because the thing about natural living is that it's not just one thing. It's not just your makeup. It's not just your bath products. It's not just your cleaning products. It's not just your clothing, your mattress, your food. It's like everything, like everything could be swapped to be something more natural. And you really kind of have to focus on what you're going to pick and choose from. And you need the finances to do that. You need the time to research that and do that. You need the support of your family. That's something else that I kind of struggled with is that I would see other husbands who cared about these things. And Nate's amazing, but like he doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) He like legit does not care. I have had so many times where I have opened my trash can and seen something that is supposed to be recycled (laughs) in there and have like, oh, I roll Nate on. And like, it just does not come to him naturally. No pun intended. He does not care. It makes a significant difference if like your husband is like, let's start a compost bin. It's just I found myself just stressed out about it. And all of the ways that I was being natural just did not measure up to all the ways that I wasn't like it just it always felt like it wasn't good enough. So 
I've really switched my focus like away from maybe the natural living community. Like I just made myself just kind of stop consuming all this information because that's where the comparison was really the worst for me. Totally. That makes so much sense. I get it. And I relate having been in and out of the natural living community, especially online. I totally relate to what you're saying. And it's not that I don't believe in it. And it's not that I'm not living it, but I just kind of needed separation. It was just too much. Yeah. All right. What else? What's another example of your life? Well, another one would be Stitch Fix. What? (laughs) I thought you loved Stitch Fix. Well, this is a bit of a journey. Buckle up, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So I, for years, have been fascinated by Stitch Fix, but I have been leery, concerned, worried about the price point and figured that my frugal mindset would not enjoy it, would not feel comfortable paying the prices. Each item in a box averages out to about $50. And I'm like, well, no, why would I do that when I can, you know, buy something so much cheaper somewhere else? And a couple of years ago, Stitch Fix was running a promotion where they waived the styling fee. Because the way that Stitch Fix works is you pay $20 to have them send you a box. It's a box curated based off of your sizes, your style what your stylist thinks you will enjoy. And they send you these five items. And then if you want to buy any of them, the $20 that you paid for the box is called their styling fee is taken off. It's included in the cost of whatever you buy. So I always pictured myself getting a box, paying the $20 and then seeing the prices on the items and being like, well, no, I'm like too frugal for this. Like I'm not going to buy these things. But then they were running this promotion where they were waiving the styling fee. And I was like, what? Sign me up. Like I immediately clicked yes. I'm like, I'm going to get a box and I can guilt-free get it, experience it, love it, and then send it back and not have to feel like I was out any money or I can keep something. And I signed up for the affiliate program because I thought my audience is going to love this opportunity. They might not love Stitch Fix in general, but they're going to love this opportunity to be able to try it truly risk-free. And if they don't like it, they've paid nothing. So I got the box. I loved it. I had signed up for the affiliate program. A lot of my followers were really excited about trying it out. And then because I was in their affiliate program and in their system, when they launched Stitch Fix Kids, they kind of knocked on my door and said, hey, we want you to try this. We're going to give you, I think they gave me $300 credit for each of my kids. Oh, dang. For each kid? It was for Grace and for Noah. Still, that's a lot. I know, right? I know. I was like, yes, yes, I will do this. Yes, I will do this. And they told me that whatever I didn't use for them, it would roll over my account and I could use it for myself personally. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Were you like, yes, this is amazing. Yeah. How fast can you say yes, for sure? Exactly. So I did. Okay. Fast forward a little bit, tried it out. Then they were running within their affiliates, they were running a contest. And I won the contest. Nice. It was just like a random drawing. The prize was free credit. Meg, it was a lot of free credit. (laughs) I don't know if I should say how much free credit it was. Okay. I'm going to say we might bleep it out. I don't know. (laughs) For some reason, it feels scandalous to say it was a thousand dollars. That's a lot of Stitch Fix dollars. Yes. Yes. I 
was so thankful and so blown away. So I had all this credit. I had some leftover from the kids. I had all this that I had just won. I was able to give half of what I won to my husband and like move it over to his account. I asked them if they could divide up the promo codes that he could have half so he could try it. So the whole family is trying Stitch Fix for free. And it's amazing. And I'm sharing these unboxing videos in the process on Instagram because I think it's so fun. It's so fun. So I had a lot of people that would DM me about what I should keep or what I shouldn't. And they'd say things like, well, but the price on that isn't good. You could get this so much cheaper. And I would always respond back with, well, but I have free credit. That really, really helps. And it yeah. wasn't even free credit that I got from people purchasing through my affiliate link. No, it was yeah. 100% just free credit from Stitch Fix. It was really amazing. Yes. And I would even say that I had this free credit like in my stories. But I guess I didn't say it enough because this is where the story takes a turn. Oh, dear. Somebody who follows me and who I follow back recorded an Instagram story venting about me getting Stitch Fix boxes and being what? in the frugal community and labeling myself as a frugal blogger and the audacity of me getting Stitch Fix. And not just oh, me. But the whole family. Now, she did not mention me by name, but I knew she was talking about me. <laughs> and so I responded. And I'm like, excuse me, are you talking about me? <laughs> and she gave like zero apology and was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, oh, and so, wow. Right. I kind of lost my mind a little bit. And I assured her that I had free credit and that I can still be frugal. And get Stitch Fix. And trust me, I was like so particular about what I kept. Yes. So particular. I would only keep one or two items per box because I was so picky. I'm like, I want to make the most of this credit. And I want to really be careful about what I get. And I really want to invest in quality pieces. I mean, I wanted a denim jacket and I sent back like three of them. I was like so picky because I was like, I am never going to spend this much money on clothing for myself. Like at this season in my life, I really want to make the most of it. And it just really took me back. And then it didn't stop with her. I heard from people in real life that were confused, surprised. I don't know if disappointed is the right word in the fact that I would get stitch fix. Wow. This is the first time hearing this story. And I am just like processing that this is interesting. And I'm okay. like, I had free credit. <laughs> You just wanted to just start like handing credit. out a card that said I had free credit. I had so free credit. So I started really spinning out and I was like, okay, I'm not just hearing this from one cranky person. I'm hearing this from multiple people. I thought I was pretty clear that I had free credit. Did I say at the beginning of every single unboxing that I had free credit? No, I probably didn't. And I just kind of started thinking, okay, what kind of responsibility do I have as somebody who labels themselves as frugal? What responsibility do I have to like always make the most frugal of choices on the internet? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. I think there's a difference between being cheap and being frugal. Like you are a smart and savvy businesswoman. You have invested many years into your online space and it paid off with having a platform where you could talk about Stitch Fix to where you were a successful part of their affiliate program. And they gave you all of this credit. Like that would have been ridiculous if you didn't take them up on that. Like being frugal is about 
what worth is this going to bring? Those types of things. It may not have been a fit for every person in your audience. That's understandable. But for people to be like, how dare you, you, Rebecca, be affiliated with this company, I feel very uncomfortable with this whole thing. Dare I say the awesomeness of it wears off a bit? (laughs) I mean, I also felt like by sharing these unboxing videos on my Instagram stories that I was providing quality content for the people who are watching because my engagement on those stories was so high. People loved them. They loved voting. They loved giving their opinions. I think people just think it's fun. It's like a fun game. Yeah. I I don't know. It just was like a whole thing. It just turned into like a whole thing. It wasn't even Stitch Fix. It was people's response to your Stitch Fix stories and whatever. Yeah. That made the awesome wear off. I am still very much a fan of Stitch Fix. Over the summer, I recorded something that I wanted to put on my Instagram stories that I haven't actually shared yet because all this went down and I kind of lost my mind for a minute. But it was about now that I've used Stitch Fix for free for a year, what are my takeaways and will I continue to use it or not? And what are the circumstances in which I would use Stitch Fix again? And I will spoil that for you guys right here. Their dresses I've received are amazing. I love them so much. They are so good at finding jeans that are quality and fit me just perfectly. I would totally invest in them again for that. For everyday clothing, maybe not. But for jeans and dresses, for sure. Anyway, it just brings up an interesting point and just a good reminder to maybe like really check yourself when you're judging somebody else online because you may not know the whole story, right? Like I can just assure you, you don't know the whole story. Uh, Right? Yeah. It may seem really cut and dry, but it's not always. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're going to have some follow-up conversation about this later. I have <laughs> questions and we are going to talk. Thank you for sharing both of those examples. They're really great examples that, again, sometimes it's not even the thing itself that changes in the awesome wears off. It's like your circumstance changes and then it's not awesome anymore. Yeah. I totally get it. Okay. Well, a couple from my life. First of all, I will say to the world now, I am over living in a historic home. Now, I know you live in a historic home, too. Your house is older than ours. Yeah, it's like 165 years old or something like that. Yeah, ours is not quite 100. It's almost 100 years old. I have dreamed of living in a historic home forever. I always said I'm allergic to new construction. Whatever city we were living in at the time, we would drive through the historic neighborhoods and I would just daydream of living in a historic home. There's all the character and the charm and the story. So we bought this house that we live in right now in 2012. I was so thrilled. I was so ecstatic. It was my historic home dream come true. Seven years later. So, you know, there's like an idea, a phrase, a concept of like the seven year itch in marriage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where supposedly you're like seven years into marriage, you have this big temptation to be unfaithful. Mm. Are you cheating on your house? (laughs) If I could cheat on our house, I would cheat on our house. I totally would. What's wrong? Now I look at new construction and I'm daydreaming of like, what would it be like to have windows that weren't so drafty that they let all this cold air come pouring in and dust come pouring in? And what would it be like to have just plumbing that just like worked normally? And you didn't have to spend hundreds or sometimes thousands of dollars making these repairs. Just like everything. I feel like everywhere I turn, I'm like, oh my gosh, this house is such a time sink and money sink. We have spent so much money because it has all of these old house problems. And plus, here's the thing too. 
since we bought this house in 2012, we've had three children added to our family and we've started three businesses that we run out of this house. So you guys are something else. In a lot of ways, I feel like we've kind of outgrown it. But at the same time, I don't know, a lot of our life is just so planted here. It's hard to imagine moving forward and moving on. So anyway, that is a big example. The awesome has worn off for living in a historic home, for sure, for me. Another one, this one's a little bit more serious, and it's something that I'm living right now. And it's kind of hard for me to even really talk about. So I'm just going to brush with broad strokes, because if I get into the nitty gritty, I might actually start crying on mic. It has to do with public schools. I have always been a huge public school advocate. I taught public school when I was teaching. We have been super intentional about being a public school family, not just because like it's free, which was awesome, but because it matches a lot of our family's ideals, our family's mission statement, especially being in public schools that are diverse and give our kids a lot of exposure to things that we just didn't get to experience growing up in small towns in Oklahoma, where it was very much homogenous. There was not diversity. We have loved our public school situation in Oklahoma City for many years. We loved the school system. We loved the campuses we were on. Last winter going into spring, our district, because of money and the perpetual lack of it in Oklahoma schools, especially in Oklahoma City, did a complete restructuring of our school system. And campuses all got changed. Our neighborhood campus that we've loved that partnered with us in raising our children was closed. Like a dozen elementary schools were closed. So we've started over on every single campus with our kids this year. And every campus that our kids are on, I mean, every campus in Oklahoma City is feeling the effect of this restructuring. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's been very difficult. We've had to adjust in a lot of ways. We're nine weeks in, so we go by quarters. So we're nine weeks in now as we're recording this. And I'm just like, I'm struggling. I feel like my kids have honestly, you know, kids are so resilient. They have responded better and have just gone with the flow so much more than I have. I am really stuck in my disappointment over how things are with our public schools now. And so it's not as awesome as it was, but trying to find ways to still find a little bit of awesome in it. For example, now my afternoon pickup of the kids takes an hour from start to finish. It's actually a little bit over an hour. And so I have started, and I started this actually the first week of school kind of by accident, but now I've just kept it up. Like I pack a cooler with treats and drinks and stuff like that, especially because I pick up the twins, they're first graders. I pick them up first. Mm, So they mm -hmm. and Nico are in it for the long haul of driving all over and picking people up. So we have our snacks, we have drinks, we listen to music, we talk. I've been really trying to focus on, okay, we're going to be in the van for an hour. I can either be mopey about it, I can be grouchy about it, or we can just make the best of it. So we're kind of trying to make some adjustments like that. But overall, just it's been a hard adjustment this year. So Yeah, I don't even really have the words to say. Yeah, been a bummer. I can really sense your disappointment. And I think especially like as another public school mom, I feel like for me, it's kind of been like one step at a time of the public school, like gaining my trust to some extent. And it's like, okay, right now, yes, I trust this teacher. I trust this principal. I trust this school. Okay, the next year. Yep, we're going back. We're good. We're good. Send in the next kid. We're good. We're good. There's the trust there. And, you know, I'm nervous about this is Grace's last year at her elementary school before she moves up. 
And I have some nervousness about rebuilding some trust in this next new school. And so for you to have like all of your schools kind of like ripped from you, you're having to start from the bottom up with all of them and regaining that trust. And then if it's not happening, oh, Meg, that's hard. That really is hard. It's been hard. Thank you for giving me the vocabulary because that is actually a huge part of it is we had developed so much trust, especially in our neighborhood school. Like I said, they practically raised our children, especially the girls. And I was so looking forward to the twins being able to come up with the same teachers, the principal, like they know our family. They're literally half a block from our house. There was so much trust there and so much relationship. And it was just literally ripped away. And it was one of those situations in life where we had no say in it. No families in Oklahoma City had any say in how this all played out. So that's a very good way to describe it. And very accurate is that the trust was removed from us. And we're now having to rebuild trust with new campuses. Anyway, those are some real life examples from our lives. But I was thinking about what are some things we can kind of do? I want to go through, I put it together like a little list of five things that we can do when we're facing a situation. Sometimes it's going to be because your favorite TV show ended without a proper (laughs) series finale. But sometimes it's going to be more serious. What can we do when the awesome wears off? So number one, I think it's really important to just acknowledge the disappointment. Seriously, even if it's a small thing, just be like, I'm really bummed about that. Acknowledging the disappointment. I've had to go back and revisit that over and over again with the school situation of just like, I am just so disappointed. Things were, you know, so great. And now they're so not great. Acknowledging it instead of trying to minimize it or talk yourself out of it, whether the thing is big or small, I think that's a good first step in the path to kind of being able to move forward is to just start with the foundation of like, dude, this turned out to be disappointing and I'm struggling. The next thing I think that I would say is to be like realistic about it. Be realistic about the thing. Was it meant to last forever? Like I loved that modern Kiwi Hassie dress, but it was not couture fashion. It was not meant to be an heirloom piece. (laughs) I got it on Amazon for like $30. It wasn't going to last forever. But we have to be realistic about it. Was the awesome going to wear off eventually? And also be realistic about a change. Like, okay, it's not awesome anymore. Realistically, what can we do to change it? Should we change? That's a hard question to grapple with sometimes. Like, should we sell our house and move or should we stick it out and just keep working through what the circumstances are right now? So acknowledge the disappointment. Be realistic about the situation. Sometimes, Rebecca, I think it helps. Like my third tip would be to go back to the beginning. What was awesome about this thing in the beginning? This is a piece of advice that we hear often. We're talking about marriage or long-term relationships, maybe even long-term friendships, where it feels like the awesome has kind of worn off a little bit. Go back and revisit. What was the attraction there in the beginning? Where would you find your chemistry? Where did you click? And sometimes going back to the beginning can kind of reignite the awesome again, especially if you're being really intentional about it. Like, I want to go back and rediscover what's still there that was there in the beginning that I can really develop and hang on to if the awesome is starting to wear off. The fourth one, I would say, sometimes you got to spruce it up a little bit. (laughs) So an example of this with our house over the summer or actually leading into the summer, we redid our downstairs bathroom. It needed it so badly. We totally took it down to the studs and redid it. And it looks so great now. It was a room and it's like our guest bathroom. It's on the first floor. 
I was so embarrassed anytime anybody had to use the restroom at our house because it just needed so much done in there. And now people come over. I'm like, don't you need to use the bathroom? <laughs> Let me show you our bathroom. <laughs> so sometimes when the awesome is worn off of something, you got to go back and do a little work to kind of fix it up, get it back to an awesome level again. And so the last thing I would say, the fifth tip that I would have when the awesome has worn off is sometimes you got to get in the comery mindset and just be grateful for a thing and release it and move on. You know, if the awesome has worn off and you've been really realistic about it, you've tried to spruce it up and it's not happening. Sometimes that's a good thing, whether it's an actual physical object or a relationship or whatever, to just be able to kind of finally get to that space of like, I'm really grateful for the thing that this was in my life at the time. I've changed. The thing has changed. It's time for us to just kind of go our separate ways. And sometimes that's what it comes down to. What's that famous quote? Don't cry because it's over. Be happy because it happened. There we go. I could have just really summed up everything with that very famous Pinterest quote. (laughs) Oh, that's such good advice. That's such good advice. And of course, we're kind of like making light of things like "Ah, somebody got mad at me about Stitch Fix. Ah, Our favorite TV series is over. But sometimes, yes, real life things are very much not awesome. And I think that you shared some good wisdom here to take forward. Thank you for that. Awesome. You know, we would love to hear what you do when the awesome wears off. What has been awesome in your life that's just not quite so shiny and awesome anymore? And how have you recovered from it? We would love to hear all of that and all of your responses to this discussion over on social media. So Rebecca, remind us where we can find you all around the web. Well, you can find my website at simplyrebecca.com. And of course, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at simplyrebecca. Okay. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 